This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, as we have come out of the pandemic and now we are dealing with inflation, you're seeing uh, more and more uh, products that are out on the market from different retailers that could be quote unquote considered high end. It is being called a version of what we know as premiumization. Part of this is pushed by the strong sales we saw in 2021 and 2022 when there was a lot of extra cash in the economy from government benefits. John Zhang is a professor of marketing at the Wharton School, and he is taking a look at this, and he joins us with more. John, it has been a while. Great to talk to you again. How have you been? Very good. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you. So let's start with this idea, this concept of premiumization, what it truly means, and, and where where it really got started. Well, the premiumization is really not something new. It is really everywhere you have a consumer-facing business selling goods and services. If you look at the alcohol industry, for instance, the premiumization has been going on for the past 20 years. And if you look into the auto industry, it has been there longer and than, than that. And in fact, if you look into the travel industry, you know that, in fact, the trend is a big, big deal there. So why is it drawing so much attention at the moment then? Well, I guess that during the inflation, high inflation, you can imagine that all the firms have incentive to raise their prices. And when you raise your prices, you better give a good justification as to why the prices are higher today, right? One way yeah. to do that is to stretch your product line upward and uh, so that you can charge a higher price. So here we are with this level of inflation, and I guess the, the, the retailers expect that some of these types of spending patterns are going to continue or even become even more enhanced, right? Yes, I, I would imagine that's the case. In fact, that uh, the good thing about the premiumization is the fact that uh, as you move uh, upward on your product line, you also open up uh, the opportunities for other firms to uh, provide even more uh, low-priced goods. So if you stretch the product line, uh, product line that way, you're going to create more demand, you're going to have more expenditures, and you're going to have more people and uh, better serve. Should retailers expect it to continue continue in the same manner, especially when you do have, a, a you know, there's been various reports out there about people, you know, living paycheck to paycheck right now because of the level of inflation they've had to deal with? Uh, yes, I would imagine that uh, indeed uh, that businesses will move to the two ends, right? So on the one hand, uh, you have uh, companies that provide more premium products to cater to the people with higher income. And on the other hand, of course, with the inflation and with the income disparity, you can imagine that there are going to be firms and that uh, will cater to the people with lower income. And so this way that indeed that uh, all the customers in the marketplace will be satisfied. So then does that lead to kind of a, a bigger gap between the haves and the have-nots when you're thinking about the spend and the types of products that will be out on, on the marketplace in a variety of different sectors? Uh, premiumization does not directly create a haves and have-nots. 
right? And uh, mm-hmm. in fact, that allows uh, both sides of the divide to be better served. And uh, so with the trend continuing, obviously that there are going to be people who consume, uh, consume more better products, and you have uh, people who probably consume uh, more low-priced products. And, uh, but that's not the fault of uh, the, uh, the businesses uh, catering to the, uh, both, uh, both sides of uh, the divide. And I think that uh, if uh, the, the issue needs to be addressed about the haves and have-nots, I think that the government probably should pay attention to this phenomenon. So using the auto industry as kind of the example here, how does premiumization play out in terms of the impact of what we're seeing develop in the auto sector over the last few years? Uh, if you look at the auto sector, and uh, and more and more companies are providing the premium products and catering to the people with higher income, and uh, when those people buy more of uh, the uh, uh, premium cars, you can imagine that many of those cars are going to end up in the used used car market, and uh, uh, when when that happens, obviously that uh, more people uh, could afford to uh, use the. Uh, um, premium cars and uh, at a much lower price. And uh, in addition to all that, you notice that the firms also move to a lower end to provide new cars at a lower price. Tesla definitely is doing that. So then when you think about something like the auto sector, then that it would, I would imagine that would uh, be good news to a degree for the used car sector in that uh, the people that maybe don't have as much resource will still want to buy those cars, but maybe they're doing so three, four, five years down the line. Uh, I surely think so. I, I think that in the auto industry, you do see the phenomenon of uh, trickling down. And it, it sounds like that you, you have more and more companies that are even referring to the importance of premiumization uh, in their earnings calls. Apparently, a variety of them have done that uh, in recent quarters as well. Absolutely. And in fact, it's a little bit surprising to me that uh, it takes high inflation rates for those companies to find this idea for premiumization. And I think it's definitely a good way to go. And uh, it will help the economy in general. It would uh, add indeed that uh, and uh, help uh, to have uh, both the wealthy and the non-wealthy customers better served. But then you have those that, that believe that this could kind of lead to somewhat of a gentrification of the economy. How do you respond to that? Uh, well, I, I read that, and in fact, I think that uh, to equate uh, the uh, gentrification with the premiumization, I think is really to uh, put uh, the uh, horse uh, behold, before the cart. How so? And somebody because there is a demand out there, and the firms are catering to the customer demand, and uh, so they don't really create that demand, right? And uh, so I think that as long as the wealthy and uh, want to buy the premium products, uh, if there is a gentrification demand out there, and uh, the marketplace will find a way to satisfy the, those uh, demands. We talk about this for the betterment in, in, of everybody too. Correct, right? We talk about this kind of as we're talking about it in the scope of what's going on in the U.S., but is this kind of a global pattern that is going on with uh, with retailers right now? 
Um, I, I think it has everything to do with the global competition, too. Uh, the reason is because if you look at the U.S. market, obviously there's a lot of low-priced products uh, coming out of uh, Asia. And, uh, and uh, so in that case, as a firm, if you want to compete with uh, the low-priced uh, firms, you probably have to go to a higher end. I, I think that happens not only just in U.S., it's happening in, uh, uh, in Europe, and uh, I'm sure that in Asian countries uh, sooner or later that it will happen, too. Does this have a, a, a longer-term impact then when you think about how retail has been over the last several decades? And, and obviously you said before that there are components, there are sectors that have used premiumization for a couple of decades now. But does this have a longer-term impact on, on retail in general as we move forward? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I think that uh, you see that Walmart is growing, and you will probably see more offensive uh, uh, retailers like uh, Neiman Marcos to grow too, right? So that's essentially that, uh, that, that, that that's the kind of a structure in the retail industry uh, that can uh, actually serve the, uh, uh, the customers on both sides of the divide. John, great to have you with us today. As always, thanks very much for your time. All the best. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you. Great to have you with us. John Zhang, who is a professor of marketing here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.